Welcome one and all to our special end of the year. Not only do we have the damage board, but we have our garbage people of the year coming at you, which means we had to bring in Brett Ehrlich. Brett, how's it going? It's my contractual obligation to appear on Fridays, John, unless something it horrible is. is happening. It is today's no, well, also things are horrible and they're happening, but thank you for being here. Right. Not to be too yeah. Jewish about it. How is today different from all others? You know what I mean, John? Mm-hmm. I mean, feel free, go wild. It's the end of the year. Uh, I also, I feel like I am being trolled by technology because there was that weird thing where a little bit of the garbage people intro played, and I heard it, but I did not hear the intro to the show. How is that possible? So anyway, I'll tell can, you why. There's a ghost in the machine, basically. So but. we use Zoom these days, and it we has do. a really good noise cancellation software so it only isolates voices and is like yeah. they probably want to hear the voices not the music but i but heard the kazoo the, but the kazoo is someone going oh, that's deep that's deep actually anyway uh thank you brett for being here i'm very glad to have you here because we do have news we're going to talk about including some important breaking news uh news that bears on the 2024 presidential election. And we will, by the way, at the end of the, the week, as or the end of the show and week, as we always do, we'll be doing our garbage people um, of the week. But we're gonna be looking back through the year as well in a couple different ways. And I think it's gonna be fun. So please hit the like button and share the stream if you're watching us live. If you're listening on the podcast, first of all, hello, dear listeners. Um, go rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts because it's very helpful. Um, and send us your comments, tweets, and super chats, perhaps about your garbage people of the year. And maybe you'll get yourself a $100 Blue Apron gift card, which should be a lot of fun. But with all that said, Brett, are you ready to do this thing? Whether I am or not, you've been more than fair. He did the thing. And with that, it's the end of the year. And so it's time to take out the trash. Brad, who is your garbage person of the year? This is a tough one, John. A lot of garbage this year. And the ultimate question that faces you is, do I do an actual evil person or do I just do kind of a trashy booger? And for me, I always like to veer toward trashy booger. And my trashy booger of the year is Lauren Boebert. She Colorado does have some of the most strictest gun laws. When 9-11 happened, we didn't ban planes. We, we see more deaths by hands, fists, feet, even hammers. Are we going to start legislating that away? The church is supposed to direct the government. The government is not supposed to direct the church. That is not how our founding fathers intended it. And I'm tired of this separation of church and state junk. Uh, I mean, look at AOC. Why, why does everything come back to um, people want to have um, some sort of sexual encounter with her? We get in the elevator and I see a Capitol Police officer running hurriedly to the elevator. I see fret all over his face. I look to my left and there she is. Ilhan Omar. And I said, well, she doesn't have a backpack. We should be fine. You gotta love Lauren Boebert for really mixing together everything that makes someone garbage. And this year, she took herself out. That's what makes her garbage. She's taking herself, the garbage, out of her own district after Boobgate slash Vape Gate. That rocked the vape nation. Uh, Lauren Boebert, 
who like her entire identity is what? Like, what is her identity? It's like pretending she's so smart. She is like the the comment section of a like prepper den Facebook community got hit by gamma radiation and sprung a human form. <laughs> and so that's I just think she's absolutely horrible. She's not I don't care that she's going on sick ass dates to Beetlejuice and getting all horned up while she vapes like that's America to me. I didn't say I like her less than I did last year. I like her more because of that. But then you remember that she's always calling out people for not being principled and when or or not being good Christians or whatever. And then when she herself gets called out for that, she goes on like Dave Rubin and says stuff like, I know what I'm supposed to do as a good you know person, but I don't. And so I pray on it and I get forgiveness for it. It's like, well, you don't hold other people to that same standard. And I don't yeah. think that your holiness is actually real. Yeah, like I, one, yeah. Oh, sorry, continue. One time she tweeted on Columbus Day, happy Columbus Day. Thanks to Columbus for discovering America, the greatest country ever created. And that really <laughs> encapsulates just the cursory, are you, mm-hmm. it's not like, are you smarter than a fourth grader? But like, do you as know as much about America, the country that you, whose, whose sanctity you profess to protect as a fourth grader? And the answer is no. Yeah, it's, look, I, I think that you made a great case because I know I, I was a little bit critical yesterday on the Turks and Jerks special about the fact that she had gotten 2% of the vote from the community. And it felt like in comparison to the others on the list, it seemed weird. Why her? Why her in comparison to like Marjorie Green, for instance, or whatever. But in that little video montage, you reminded me, yeah, I'd forgotten quite a bit of the just enthusiastically stupid things that she has said. I don't. I don't even know what that AOC AOC thing was about. About people wanting to hook up with AOC. I don't. I don't know what it that was after. Is. Like she was on some Newsmaxy show talking about. Oh, after when when AOC was recounting her personal experience of January sixth, where oh, she wasn't yeah. sure what people were going to do to her. Like Lauren Boebert, who calls herself a victim left, right, and center, a hundred percent is just saying that people who do that. Uh, she's like accusing AOC of doing it as though she doesn't do it all all the time. Yeah, yeah. The the church and state stuff is amazing. Like first, she has literally no idea what the founder said about literally anything. Uh, the idea that the church is specifically supposed to direct, <laughs> read a book, read a single book. Honestly, that that's my response to her in general as a person is like literally. If you had ever read a single book, you might be a far better person than you are. Her persona is annoying girl in your high school. That's basically what it is. And there's other versions of that in Congress. I think Matt Gates is kind of like that annoying guy in your high school, you know, like Western Civ class or something. But that's who she is. She's like so, so impressed with herself. She is so confident that she is clever, that she's nailing it. Every time she gets on the mic in a hearing, she thinks that she's like dropping these like amazing moments and they're all own goals. Um, I don't particularly care about the the grope gate thing again, like you can publicly Beetlejuice whichever guy you want. I don't really care about that. If anything, it is again, it's the hypocrisy. Like, and we're gonna have another example of that later on the show. It, the the fleeing of her district rather than actually trying to appeal to her voters. I think there's a lot of things that justify her place in this spot. So kudos to you, Brett. It's not a bad choice.
Thank you, John. Out of curiosity, not that it matters, who's your garbage person of the year? Well, I, I am gonna get to my garbage person of the year. Actually, you know what? I was gonna ask you for your runners up, but I'll do that once we get to the uh, the, the, the community voting. So why don't we turn to mine now? Um, <clears throat> my garbage person of the year is what I'm calling the despoilers. Those who uh, in a variety of different roles in society, media, politics here in the US internationally, uh, are perfectly happy to set fire to the world to poison our planet for their short term financial gain, the benefit of their career, political expediency to seem consistent ideologically, whatever the rationale is, it is not worth what they are doing to the world that they have to inhabit and that their children and grandchildren will have to inhabit. And before I identify some of the specific people who I think really stand out amongst this group, I do want to just sort of sum up the year in Earth. It was the hottest year potentially in recorded history. How exciting is that? Which actually, like some of you might think, well, yeah, every year is hotter. Well, but 2023 or 2022 was actually really, really hot. And a lot of scientists thought it's not a totally linear thing that the heat goes up. How could it pass 2022? But it looks like it is in fact going to. Global national average temperatures were out of control. And I will remind you all, we're in the winter now. But there was a massive heat wave across a significant the heat dome, they called it, across a wide part of the United States. People were literally, I will remind you, suffering second degree burns if they touched the pavement because it was so hot. Um, and bear in mind how, how deadly this can be. This is not just about inconvenience. Last summer, uh, 60,000 people died during the heat wave that happened that summer, just in Europe, by the way. So this is very much a life and death thing. And we had big heat waves, not just in the United States this summer. There were massive heat waves that lasted for months at a time in Asia, from Vietnam to China. Parts of North Central Siberia hit 100 degrees Fahrenheit at one point, setting all time records. Records were set across you know most of the earth in different incidents. And aside from just the heat, we also had devastating, continued devastating natural disasters. This this headline says 11,300 people died in flooding in Libya, but I've seen estimates of over 20,000. There were wildfires that were made worse because of the overall heating trend. I will remind you what happened on Maui, it was absolutely devastating. I think about 100 people in the end, their deaths are blamed on that wildfire. There was flooding in Greece, there was flooding in Rwanda where 130 people at one point had died. Whole villages and cities being wiped out in various parts of the world, thanks to it. Tropical cyclones continue to kill large numbers of people, including in this particular instance in Malawi. And so we had a really devastating situation across Earth. And along the way, while more and more regular people, I think, are waking up to, oh, yeah, this is terrible. And it's not just going to be terrible in 75 years, it's really bad now. You had the despoilers. So you had people like Jesse Waters, who attempted to just lull people into passively accepting our, you know, careening towards apocalypse, telling people, well, yeah, there's a deadly heat wave, but it might not be global warming that's doing it. That's what he uses his platform for. You have this guy, I'm not even sure if this is a person, it might be AI on Newsmax saying, well, it's always been hot in California. It's Con Draper. Hundred percent. It's um, it's it's eight bit Don Draper, and you had Donald Trump, who you know continues to have in a vice grip like sixty million Americans ranting against electric cars. So 
even the thing that their boy Elon Musk is selling that might help a little bit in dealing with our climate crisis, they have to attack that. And it wasn't just climate, it wasn't just carbon emissions. I will remind you, we have people like, you know, or the corporations like Norfolk Southern who are, you know, allowing toxic chemicals to be spilled in different places because they care more about maximizing profit on their train deliveries rather than having the safety features that are necessary. You have people in positions of significant power, like the president, you know, behind COP28 who talked down a expedited phase out of fossil fuels. And there was a lot of media attention on him, on Sultan Al Jaber. But I'll remind you that Joe Biden didn't even go to COP this year. So also, he's kind of part of the problem. And I will remind you that the United States, despite the attacks from the right constantly, is now producing more oil than any country in history. So, you know, not exactly moving quickly to lower our impact on rising carbon emissions around the globe. So there's just a lot of people who despite the constant evidence hitting us in the face, burning our skin off, just just accelerating you know our drive towards climate apocalypse. So it's not just one person, it's a lot of people. But Brett, what do you think? Not buying it, John. Apologies. The climate I'll changes four else. times a year. There's winter, spring, Summer and is there a coincidence they call it fall? <laughs> no, but uh, but anyway, autumn what else and do you fall. Think about do you people? need two words like that? That your science doesn't even make sense. You need two separate words for one season. Mm-hmm. Like it just isn't working mm-hmm. for me, John. I think you need to rethink your science. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it for another 10, 20 years. Let the oil companies continue to generate a ton of profit, and then I'll get back to you with updated numbers. Yeah, I love it. I I love the um the the Jesse Waters aspect of it. The folks who are just sitting there, and I get, I understand a part of what motivates him, and that is this feeling that people have. That's like, what do you want me to do about it? Like, what do you want me to do about it? What I want, and it very much pangs of, I don't know, people watch Happy Half Hour, Wednesdays at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We watched a bunch of old commercials, and there was this old commercial for a tooth toothpaste that eliminates tobacco stains. <laughs> and in the commercial, it goes like, you know, you're not quitting anytime soon. And dang it, why should you? Just clean the stains. That is Jesse Waters type analysis of climate change. It's just mm-hmm. like, listen, I know that doing this thing that's good is not easy. And sometimes it you have to do you have to change your normal routine around the things that you do to make you feel good so that you can have a benefit in the end. And that's kind of smoking. So Jesse Waters like screw it. All these problems they tell you about. The big one is 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 the cosmetic ones. I can fix those, but I'm not going to do anything about the underlying issue. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And all those people like, like I know that we're not we're not supposed to speak to how much other people that we don't know care about their kids or family or whatever. But like, I feel like it's kind of indisputable that if you are willing to doom your kids and your grandkids. To devastating conditions, you could care more about them than you yeah, do. Is that unfair of me as a parent to say? This is going to get silly and philosophical, but it is my opinion that That's your approach to climate change coaxing does not work. 
because people well, evidently no, it doesn't. People hate their kids, and I like the one. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, my kids ruined my life. Why do I care? They are a parasite, mm-hmm. and they face no headwinds. I give them everything, and they, this is the one headwind they get to face in their life. Those, you know, avocado toast guzzling, you know, leeches. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this situation, for me, I just. I, I like I focus on the people, and and you're right that these people are garbage. The ones who essentially are they're they're kind of finding an you know the easy layup for people that are like tired of hearing anyone tell them what needs to change in the world, and also they're hypocrites because they'll they'll complain about stuff that's not an issue, like yeah. it is an issue. That's the part that gets me the most about them is in terms of climate change, and and I think the best messaging is gonna you know there need to be people like you that are like hey. The here, I'm just going to tell you what's happening just so you know and you can't rationalize it away. But meantime, there need to be like, oh, this LED light makes financial sense for you better than an incandescent, you know? Hey, we do that sometimes. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think you do it. I, I think you do it too. And I'm not, I mean, I'm being hyperbolic just because it's boring if I'm not, but um, yeah, Hopefully continue. You got uh, I mean, look, even like again, and I, I don't. I don't want to focus too much just on like individual consumer choices that people can make because that is not fundamentally how you solve this. But, you know, like it's been a long time since I think most, like as an example, EV advocates were like, buy an EV because it'll save the environment. Like, yes, it will do that. It's also better in like 10 different ways than an internal combustion engine car. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've largely failed to convince my test subject is J.R. Jackson. I haven't yet won him over, but I'm working on it. Um, but anyway, yeah, those are those are those are my garbage people. Not big fans of them. We asked all of you to vote on the 2023 Community Garbage Person of the Year, and 60,000 of you did vote. Jesus, and here are your top five. Looking back at the entire year, at number five, with 2% of the vote, you have George Santos for lying and stealing his way out of Congress, and now apparently pulling in bank on Cameo. Number four, 3% of the vote, you have Elon Musk for working hard to make Twitter even more garbage. Thought he would have done better. Uh, number three, with 5% of the vote, you have the House GOP for their Speaker of the House chaos. The runner up with 6% of the vote is the entire right wing for boycotting everything from Barbie to Bud Light and Target and Disney and I don't know what else do they hate, lots of stuff. But this is not even close. Your 2023 Community Garbage Person of the Year with 83% of the vote is Donald Trump. For his indictments, dictator threats, the vermin stuff, his Nazi language, poisoning the blood of the nation, and all of that junk. It was not close, Brett. But thank you to everybody who voted. What do you what do you make of this list? A lot of those were my runners up. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, what oh, was your you number two? My number two was gonna be Marjorie Taylor Green, but she's you know, I like that Lauren Bobert is so such pissy garbage that she like cut and run to another district. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, uh she's not in danger of losing her seat anytime soon. Uh my other ones were George Santos, I thought about, but he's already kind of gotten his. He's not in the middle of it. But yeah, that was pretty that was that was my runner up. Yeah, I think uh look George Santos is really annoying, but I don't know. There's just like enough charm to George Santos. Am I am I wrong to say that? That like it's hard to get as down, especially when like like he tells these insane lies, horrible lies. 
like people like Lauren Boebert tell a lot of lies, and then they also do really bad stuff too. Right. Like and, so, it's hard to get that down on George Santos by comparison. And you allow you you're kind of whether it's consciously or not allow yourself to like see the charm in in Santos because he's gone, and because yes, it's, it's a little so bit overt, and because it's so pathetic, he's not like doing these. You know, it's it's not a it's not a threat. So it's like you know. Yeah, Easy. yeah, really fast on that. Like you, there, there are always the figures that are super annoying at any given time, um, but they, they do pass. Like you know, Madison Cawthorn was way more annoying back in the day, and now I just look back fondly on the time that he uh, beat a dead tree. That was fun. You know, I'm not as bothered by Ann Coulter, Bill O'Reilly anymore, but they were bad at the time. Um, so anyway, I will say that my number two probably would have been my number one, except I chose him as my jerk of the year, and I don't want to do the same for both. Would be Elon Musk, not just for what he's done to Twitter, which I think is very significant, and it's not just a personal thing, like ruining a social media site that is as important for journalism and political organizing and activism as Twitter is not a small, like shallow thing. That is a substantive damaging thing. But then there's all the other stuff that he's done absolutely awful trying to, you know, like suppress labor and the the platforming of the most insane people in the world and the anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and everything. So he probably would have been my number two. Yeah, he's um, a good one. And I, he's just and he's garbage. And he's a jerk. Like the in the classic definition. There's that jerk. pocket of of Elon Musk, Aaron Rodgers, like you know, Jordan mm -hmm. Peterson, that like smarmy, like I am smarter than you, but you have to prove it. I don't. Mm -hmm. You have to prove that you're better than me. I'm just gonna kind of and and I'm gonna pretend that I'm act I'm a victim because I am uh you know a righteous objector to the injustices in the world of discourse when really you're just just a garbage person. You're just yeah. being trash, you're just being smarmy and holier than thou and sanctimonious and all that crap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like I have a pet peeve that I think Brett is familiar with where it bothers me so much when a person is incapable of hiding their sort of psychological motivations for why they're doing things. Like their their desperation seeps through the pores of what they're doing and it revolts me. Like it's the closest I feel to what I think Agent Smith feels when he smells humanity in the Matrix. It's like I am grossed out by this species, thanks to how desperate and cringy you're being right now. Um, and by the way, my closing comments on this is obviously some of the stuff that we're talking about is serious. I will remind everyone: we do not simply list like those who killed the most people. That's not yeah. the tone of this. I mean, I would yeah, like yes, Hamas is worse than George Santos. I am not doubting that, but it's a different category. Okay. Just in case anyone misunderstands. None of you read some thoughts? of the comments. <laughs> Don't get me started. Anyway, chat. Putin's bad. I agree. <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, with that said, can't wait to see the comments that come in now. We're gonna take a short break. Oh, reminder to everybody watching live, we will be doing our garbage people of the week still. That'll be coming up at the end. And if you are listening to the podcast, Go to the YouTube channel. We upload those every week, and there's other content that you might be missing but might enjoy. Anyway, with that said, we're gonna take a short break. Don't go anywhere.
Okay, I guess we should turn back to the news now. Everybody, if you're just joining us, please hit the like button and let's talk about some breaking electoral news. Just moments ago, Secretary of State Sheena Bellows writes, quote, specifically, I find that the declaration on his consent form is false because he is not qualified to hold office of the president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Bellows added, I conclude that the record establishes that Mr. Trump, over the course of several months and culminating on January 6, 2021, used a false narrative of election fraud to inflame his supporters and direct them to the Capitol to prevent certification of the 2020 election and the peaceful transfer of power. I likewise conclude that Mr. Trump was aware of the likelihood for violence and at least initially supported its use, given he both encouraged it with incendiary rhetoric and took no timely action to stop it. So we now have a second state that has joined Colorado in barring Donald Trump from the primary ballot. Although they've not only joined Colorado in that way, they've joined Colorado in the specific fact that he is still going to be on the ballot barring judicial interference. So as was described in the video, Shenabellas has said that he is disqualified for being on the ballot, but that ruling has been paused until the courts actually weigh in. So I understand that there is going to be a lot of freaking out about this and perhaps there should be. This is a consequential sort of thing that's going on across many states right now. But as of right now, he is still on the ballots and the Supreme Court who is expected to be picking this up in the near future. Many people expect are going to be ruling that he should remain on the ballot. So let's all just bear that in mind as we go forward. I do want to give you just a little bit of what the main Secretary of State said in defending this ruling. She said, I am mindful that no Secretary of State has ever deprived a presidential candidate of ballot access based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. I am also mindful, however, that no presidential candidate has ever before engaged in insurrection, which I think is that's Fairly devastating rhetorically. I think it's also a great point. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's that it should come down to the Secretary of State for making that individual determination. Um, Brett, I'm curious what you make of this. Is this is this her role? What do you think? I don't know whose role is what. I think it's uh, you know that'll all play out in the process of getting to the Supreme Court and any questions about whether Trump should or will be allowed or disallowed from the ballot will be hilariously handed down by a conservative Supreme Court who is in place because of weird electoral stuff that millions and millions of dollars of think tank money went into creating over the course of 50 years kind of pushing the boundaries of what's technically still or is or is not democracy or the system as our forefathers or whatever founding fathers laid out for America. Um, I think that the question is, to, I mean, it, it just gives us another instance to ask ourselves, do we as individuals think that it's good or bad for America for Trump to do what he did and good or bad for America for the courts or the secretaries of state who are elected by the state, but also are partisan to be making these kinds of decisions. I think it's bad that Trump did what he did. I think it's um, it feels super icky for um, you know elected officials to be the ones who say who can and cannot be up for potentially becoming another elected official. But I think it has to be that way. And I think the design of our um, country is as I think as good as it can get. Um, 
for in a lot of ways to make sure that it goes through enough like checks and balances to see whether you know it's um it's it's legal or can happen in mm -hmm. America. Um, I, I have a few thoughts about some of the stuff that you said right there that I'm gonna save for the reactions, but I do just wanna say that like it, considering that you have Colorado making their ruling and now Maine decides to add on and Alaska's considering it, but California is letting him stay on. Like this is exactly the sort of situation where the Supreme Court is supposed to weigh in. And, and again, I have no doubt that they're going to. It seems bizarre that they're just keeping quiet right now. Like, why not at least put out some sort of statement about the fact that they're going to be, it, they cannot not pick it up. I mean, that would be one of the greatest derelictions of duty of the Supreme Court in the last hundred years or so. So I don't understand why they're, they're being so secretive about it. Um, like, if they were to put out a statement, perhaps that would get some of these secretaries of state and state level Supreme Courts to just sort of chill for a bit and we wouldn't have to go through these updates on a daily basis. Not no, but I love the I updates. I, and it, it really reminds you how many states there are in America and how there they're are different. So many. But and it's yeah. also not an easy question to answer. For for a lot of people, it feels super duper easy. But I it's there's like this massive ick factor also in being like, listen, I mean, I, I'm typically gonna go back toward if we are dumb enough to elect this guy, then that's on us. Um, and I, you know. Did he try to, you know, with the insurrection like that? I want that to go through like actual courts as well. I know a lot of people have been convicted of it, but we need some kind of final statement on whether it's possible or not. But I, I think that a lot of it, there's like a real politic aspect of it. Like Gavin Newsom is kind of the guy who says what happens in California. And he's mm -hmm. been saying on the campaign trail and his secretary of state has said separately, probably after consulting with him, it makes it's better politically to beat this guy at the box office. It sure. makes no sense in like on a national electoral politics, um, you know, long term uh, timeline for us to really like keep Trump off the ballot. We're we want to get these people like in our tent, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, and and alienating them once and for all. I mean, that's one approach, and I'm saying that's that seems to be his calculation. The other calculation is these trolls didn't vote before, and Trump came out and was horrible, and then they started voting. If there's no Trump, will they keep voting? Will it go back to business as usual, which is what a lot of the party apparatus wants to happen? Yeah. Yeah, I understand that that argument. I understand the sort of related argument of some people think it would it would still be easier to beat Trump than others. Again, I'm trying to focus on what I think is a fair interpretation of Section Three of the Fourteenth Amendment. I agree with you that I don't think it's super clear. I also think it's a little bit weird though that like the Supreme Court is probably going to weigh in, and there are several different ways that they could keep Trump on the ballot. Like you could say it is it is simply ambiguous as to whether it applies to the president. It seems absurd the idea that they didn't mean it to apply to the president, but you could say that it's not super clear. But like the idea that like it's not fair or something. Well, it's an amendment to the Constitution. It by definition cannot be unconstitutional to do so. Like they still have to abide by the Constitution. Um, so anyway, I think that they will find a way. But if it's simply this is a political question that we're going to leave to the voters. It's a constitutional amendment. Like if you if you don't want it to be there and you don't want it to apply, then amend the constitution again and get it out of there. Um, but as of right now, it is in the constitution, so it's weird that we're supposed to just ignore that. 
Well, anyway, I mean, there's tons of uh, super fast. So much of it's kind of implied in your argument, but like so much of the Supreme Court is saying not whether the Constitution is constitutional, but kind of saying what kind of an America, what what is the smartest way for America to be, according to us, the Supreme Court, factoring in the Constitution and more specifically saying what aspects of the case before me apply to what aspects of the Constitution. And they could just wall off one definition of insurrection from the rest. Perhaps yes, I think I think the definition of insurrection is another way that they could potentially get around this. But um, and, and I agree, like you know, DeSantis, none of them are. They're all being super defensive on the Republican side towards Trump. They're all desperately hoping that he gets removed or whatever, but also have to pretend that it would be the worst thing ever. Yeah, they say like you know what? Can a Republican Secretary of State disqualify Biden? Well, no, not if the, not if they're being at all reasonable because Biden obviously has not engaged in insurrection. That said, they're not reasonable. So we have a totally needless but likely slippery slope. There's no reason for this slope to be anything other than gritty and grippy. But we live in insane times, and so I have no doubt that they would slippery slope it with whatever sham argument they want. Um, that said, we need to move ahead to the section, second section. We're gonna, graphic six will be the first thing that we talk about. But uh, new revelations on the fake elector side of the plot to overthrow the results of the 2020 election. Apparently, two days before the January 6th uh, uh, attack on the Capitol, the Trump campaign's plan to assemble their alternate slate of electors hit a bit of an issue. It is that they needed to get the actual elector certificates from two different battleground states to DC. And they were freaking out over how they were gonna actually do that. I guess they didn't get it in the mail in time, I don't know. But anyway, they were freaking out about what to do. They had to get this stuff to Mike Pence. And so apparently, a lot of this is coming, by the way, from Cheeseboro, one of the lawyers of Donald Trump who had been questioned by prosecutors, I believe, in Michigan. So they considered at one point chartering a private jet to get it there in time. You have a Trump campaign staffer and a GOP official in Wisconsin who are involved in this part of the plot. But anyway, uh, we we end up having um, Fannie, Fannie Willis has her uh, RICO case that has forced some of these people involved in this plot to reveal what they know. This is how we're finding out about this information literally years afterward. And at the end of the day, Brett, I don't know, I don't know how significant of an addition this is. You do have more direct involvement of Trump campaign officials in this plot in certain areas and in certain states than had previously been revealed. Um, but again. Maybe I'm just getting antsy to find out what's gonna actually happen with these cases. But this seems like one of those incremental updates that I'm not sure how much it's gonna change the facts on the ground. But what do you make of it? I just love that everything that they proposed to do, the Keystone cops <laughs> probably also come up with. Mm -hmm. um, and it is also kind of the type of thing they accuse the other side of doing like, oh, in the night. All these random votes just showed up. There's someone with boxes and boxes of votes. Bro, you guys were gonna charter a private jet with fake electors stuffed to the gills in the overhead <laughs> bins. That was your plan. It's all projection. Every single thing they do is accusing other people of that which they themselves are doing. And it's so transparent, it's so hilarious. And I love stories like this, whether they're true or not. I love, I mean, it sounds like they they are 
likely true because it is exactly the kind of thing that these folks say out loud all the time. That they think, and then the most troubling thing is they think that they're they're so much smarter than us. Mm-hmm. You guys don't know it. I think I'm being so smart. This is this fake elector thing. No, that's constitutional. That's defending the 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 sanctity of America's political process. No, yeah. they just they just are trying to rob you blind and tell you you're stupid. Yeah. It's it's so amazing when you have I understand these are slightly different topics, but with the Joe Biden like and Hunter Biden impeachment investigation and then the plot to overturn the election, like they are so desperately trying to find something on a laptop or something with a payment for a car. Meanwhile, they're calling up the Secretary of State of Georgia and be like, give me just exactly what I need. They're coming up with fake, fake elector certificates to try to private jet them to the Capitol. It's like it's so over the top. And it's almost like like the magnitude of how inept the plot was almost seems like a defense of them at a certain point. Anyway, we'll see what ends up happening. Okay, with that said, we do need to take our second break of the hour. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about some um, extreme anti-LGBTQ hate. And then the damage report court will be back in session after this. I mean, don't, don't you find it kind of strange that virtually every media outlet is crooked in some way, shape, or form? And you might say, well, what about Fox News? Well, Fox News is crooked. I think we'd all agree on that. <laughs> you know, Fox News is crooked. Are they going to tell you that we need to get rid of the sodomites? No. But everybody in here knows if we were able to get rid of the sodomites out of this nation, it would be better overnight. Every life would be vastly better overnight. Pedophilia would be down. I mean, it was just, just, just overnight. You want to talk about a quickening? Okay, that would be a great quickening if that were to happen. In general, it's good that with an internet connection and a camera, lots of people can have their voices be heard. It's helped with citizen journalism and activism. Unfortunately, that technology also makes it possible for weird little troglodytes like Joe Jones, pastor of the Shield of Faith Baptist Church in Boise, Idaho, to spread his messages of hate and effectively genocide. This is a guy who is literally calling for the mass murder of people that he hates and fears because they love in a different way than he does and have sex in a different way than he does. And so even Fox News doesn't match up to the level of vitriol that he wants going towards the LGBTQ community. Although we will remind you that's kind of Fox's brand recently. Take a look at this. Don't you get it? You're the problem. The guys wearing wigs ridiculing Sister Mary are welcomed anywhere. No questions asked. Investigate what Bud Light was doing with Dylan Mulvaney. A massive percentage of Dylan Mulvaney's audience are kids. And Budweiser was trying, I believe, with this ill-fated marketing attempt to target teenagers. Gay nutcracker and black disabled Santa uh, has gone way too far. Big box store lost more than $9 billion off its market cap. After America found out, they partnered with a trans Satanist to sell tuck friendly swimsuits to kids. Yeah, that's just a little sampling. Go to Media Matters. Um, yeah, so Fox has nonstop, like the rest of right wing media for the last couple of years, talked about gay people, trans people. It's their beat. 
And that is not enough for some people like Joe Jones who want us to go way further than that. It's not simply you know, that we should be talking about how these people should be targeted by legislation, driven into the shadows, made to feel horrible. No, we should be talking about how they need to be killed and how if they were killed, that'd be great for America. Brett, what do you think? Honestly, my I, I mean, this guy's amazing. I love his whole setup. I love that he's like, well, how do green screens work? And and uh, graphic <laughs> design's my passion. Let's just put up the most basic <laughs> ass thing behind me. Oh my god! I know a lot of green screen people who would be like, I need to fix this for you. Please just let me fix this for you. Let me put some kind of halo to give a little more separation between you and the background. Like, let me, yeah, please, please. Um, but really, I think the loser here is Sodom. Imagine like if you were on the tourism board for Sodom and like you got you're like guys we have we're right by the Dead Sea we've got this beautiful fertile valley we we have really great ceramics why are we not known for that but everybody's like sodomite if you do and things in the bottom. like I, like it's one of those things where it's like I I've seen so many of these like horrible preachers be horrible but when he says we got to get rid of the sodomites you think of the etymology of that <laughs> and it's like thank god they're using like a a synecdoche for <laughs> that because I do not want this guy to be very specific in his language beyond that cuz I'd shudder to see what he comes up with and it's like this is like this is like you want to take a biblical term how about scapegoat Mm-hmm. Like you, that is your scapegoat. Learn from that story of the Bible where you are just essentially deciding that this is, I think it's in the Bible, like this goat, sodomites, people who are just going about their daily lives and their own, minding their own business. That is the reason that I'm miserable. No, they don't have yeah. anything to do with you. No one's actively trying to change your kids into evil people except you. That call's coming from in the house. 100%. Reminder animals are innocent. And yeah, like imagine having, like he has a platform, I guess. He does a show. There's just, there's no, there's no authentic actual suffering going on. There's nothing I need to talk about. So instead, I'm just gonna talk about how magically, if gay people in Minnesota didn't exist, that would be a quickening and my life would be better. No, it would have literally no impact on your life. That's how that works. The sort of sex that people have 3,000 miles from you suddenly changing does not actually improve your chances of owning a home or retiring with dignity. That's not actually how the world works. Um, And he could talk about the fact that there are people literally suffering and dying on the streets, people who desperately need health insurance, who can't afford housing, who have, like you could talk about all of this stuff from a religious point of view, but it's more fun, more exciting, spicier to talk about how people are having sex and I don't like it. Anyway, with that said, we're going to move on to a different topic. A Fisher-Price toy is generating some controversy on TikTok, and so it's time to take the toy giant to court. Fisher-Price is on notice, specifically for their two-in-one Like a Boss activity center that received quite a bit of attention thanks to a video on TikTok. Take a look at this. So a while ago, I bought my baby one of those activity centers that they can stand in. And then once she's good at standing, you can take the the seat out and put another little activity thing on there. And it's a whole activity center. Um, I didn't pay attention to what I was buying. I don't remember what they call it, but I call it baby's first cubicle. There's a computer, mouse. Little uh, safety pins, paper clips, a succulent, a coffee cup, 
tissues for when you need to cry. Because it's your first cubicle. Calendar. Tape dispenser. And look. They say it's like CEO or boss baby or something. It's an iPhone 4. Mm -mm. No, no. Actually, it doesn't have that home button, so I don't know. It's clearly it's not even an iPhone, because look at that. Look how old those are. And your post-it notes. And then here's your computer. Um, and um, then you got to push the buttons. Listen to this. Who my last email? Let's pencil in some playtime. Okay, so this mom is clearly not happy about what she sees as toy-based indoctrination. Targeting our kids, making it so they will be comfortably being cogs in the corporate machine. This is the actual toy, so you can see a sort of zoomed out view of it. Um, by the way, it has been available for years. I don't know exactly how many years, but it is not new. I want to be clear about that. But also, I want to be clear that she's not the only person that is bothered by this. Some of the comments on that video looked like this, including one that got 24,000 likes itself that says, This is the real dystopia, sweet lord. And another says, This is an SNL skit. This cannot be real. To which I say, can it not be? You can't <laughs> conceive of a world in which this toy exists. Like, no, it can't be. Like, it's not, this is not Soylent Green. It's a toy. But okay, hold on. I, I don't want to predispose anyone. Uh, so, so this user says someone at Fisher Price literally just looked around them and built a toy. I enjoy <laughs> that. That's kind of fun. And then Sheila says, baby, you're going to be demanding PTO and a 401k. See, those are funny. I like that. That said, in our production meeting, I won't say which producer agreed with the original video, but was quite vehement that this is sort of propaganda. So, Brett, what do you think? Is Fisher Price guilty of trying to ruin our kids? I think a lot of the momentum, the indignant, you know, calling out of this as a dystopia, I think a lot of the momentum it's gathering is based on there not being the one solution I feel needs to be added to most social media sites, like the cap, no cap, like button. <laughs> like when I say I like this and when I write this comment, I am actually kidding versus I am flipping over the table being like the <laughs> cubicle. Like so much of people online in their indignation, like we need you. We need people out there. This has become quite a focus of my own just like walking around the house thinking about it. But like we we need people to get outraged by about stuff, right? And that is essentially the blood's immune system. But there are <laughs> immune system disorders where the immune system is too active. And it starts attacking itself <laughs> and destroying <laughs> the body. And mm -hmm. I think somewhere around calling America a dystopia because a toy looks like an office. At that point, I feel like the immune system needs to be taken down a little bit. Uh huh. So you're That's, ruling not guilty for Fisher Price. I rule Price. that Fisher Price is not guilty. It is hilarious. Like it's like those things where like you see the baby saying stuff that mom absolutely says. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you think you're smart? Like then you see a kid go, oh, you think you're smart, mommy? Like <laughs> a kid looking around going, like, put my last email, mommy. That's all it's for. It's to see little kids like. Pulling out a ma it's in that category of like kids pulling out a magazine and trying to swipe it like it's an iPad and not knowing mm -hmm. what's happening when the pages turn. Um, yeah. <laughs> I that that's what it feels like to me. Not, not guilty, not guilty, Fisher Price. Maybe guilty if these things are assembled by toddlers. 
but not <laughs> for toddlers to play in. Okay, well, I'm gonna allow the audience to weigh in. We always poll on Twitch while we're doing these. And uh, uh, yes, guilty is at 57%. So it's a little bit you close, libs. but the community is saying they're guilty of setting up a dystopia in America. You communist! <laughs> This is a communist thing. You should like it. Work, 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 work. The workers, workers, workers. So you should love it. You communist bastards. Are you going to antagonize the audience? Um, wait a second. No, not guilty. Somehow leaped. Wait, is it possible that Brett swayed them with his arguments? Because they have now switched over to 57% not guilty at the last second. <laughs> Okay, well, my vote is extraneous at this point, but I will say if it wasn't clear, well, they're not guilty. Yes, I do think that there is subtle propaganda to make people, you know, like willing cogs of the corporate machine. I do believe that. But like, we should, let's not challenge the toy. Challenge like the legislation at the state level to make like 14 year olds able to work in dangerous jobs and stuff like that. Like, go out and help fund like, I don't know, STEM or liberal arts or something in elementary school and high school. But I, I don't I don't think that this is gonna the kid doesn't know what they're doing. And they're just the, the computer's a mirror. They just want to look in a mirror and they want to squeak the little thing. That's all they're doing. It, no kid knows what any of these toys are. Yeah. Anyway. But thank you to everybody who voted. And that is unfortunately all the, the time we have uh for that. But uh I want to thank everybody on the podcast. As always, thank you so much. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's really helpful. Uh, for those of you watching live, though, there is more to come in the aftermath, including an anti-woke calendar causing an anti-woker civil war and our garbage people of the week coming up after this. 